All 616 picks are in. We've already covered the American League. Now let's do the National League. Rapid fire style. What did day one look like? Some interesting mid-round picks and an interesting late-round flyer for every single National League team. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And like I said yesterday, thank you for joining us with all this draft coverage. It's been a great time, busy time of the year, obviously. But the mailbag is back next Monday. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Let's get into the National League, and let's start off in the National League East. So the Washington Nationals had the fifth overall pick, had been linked to Kevin Parada all year. I mean, all spring, that's kind of like the most consistent pick I had seen for any team in any mock, was Kevin Parada to the Nationals. Board didn't quite shake out that way. They take Elijah Green in the first, and then follow that up with left-hand pitcher Jake Bennett from Oklahoma in the second. So, um... Best athlete as far as Elijah Green's concerned. I mean, uh, absolutely uh, best athlete in the draft. Combination of power and speed. You remember his dad was an NFL tight end. And then you follow that up with a high floor guy in Jake Bennett, a consistent performer. Both of these guys fit the Nationals' MO. Um, they're well regarded by the conventional scouting uh you know, but the conventional scouts who are not looking at spin rates and and you specific measures, like they're looking at what a dude looks like on the baseball field. These guys love these two players. So interesting choice there and kind of how it broke. I don't know if Elijah Green was always the pick, but I think it worked out really well. And if he works out, they'll be very, very excited to have that potential there. Interesting picks midway through. Murphy Stelly out of Texas, the third baseman in the 10th round. He's got uh, some outfield versatility. He can play in left. He can play in right. He's got some power as well. A slugging of 662 with 19 home runs and 23 doubles last year. So very good uh, season for Texas. Um, He's played all four infield positions. Like I said, he's played right field as well. But... He'll be 24 in September, so the models like him for his production. The models like him for some of the other measurements. The models don't like the fact he'll be 24 already. He'll already be older than a lot of A-ball players uh, by the time he actually gets into the organization. So something that, that, you know, some pros, some cons, that's kind of why he's a 10th rounder versus a, a, a fourth or a third or even higher. Uh, late round guy that I thought was really interesting here, not super late, but Luke Young, the pitcher out of junior college in the 11th. Uh, polished command to him, really has a feel for pitching, and it's something um, you really, you, it really kind of picked up. He was committed to go to Oklahoma State after this season. Um, he had two innings of work in an all-star showcase between Texas and New Mexico. Sat like 95, 96, slider, curve, combo, like a, a slurve combo really there. And 
over the season, struck out 110 guys in 79 innings. So I think he's got plenty of physical projection left on him. I think he's somebody where uh, you just haven't seen enough of a track record to maybe be super confident as to what he is, but the potential is absolutely there. And so that's why uh, he was a he, he was an 11th rounder, but a guy that I think actually can contribute for the Nationals. And again, one of those guys that the conventional scouts love. That's kind of the model that Washington does. Uh, the Miami Marlins. So go for high-end talent in the first. Jacob Berry. You know, just t- you know, tons of power there. Um, Jacob Miller, the prep pitcher in the second round. A uh, lot, of, lot of potential there. And overall, the draft itself, the impression that I kind of get is it's kind of kind of boring. There's nothing like that stands out to me as that was a huge uh, reach. That was a huge value. It's just them going and trying to get good players and restock the system. Obviously, tons of pitchers. That's Miami's thing to do. We know they can develop it. They took a lot of college guys, especially in the first ten rounds. You look in the you know in the back half. There's a prep guy in there in the 17th, but for the most part, it's a, let's restock our program, let's restock our program early, we're taking big power five guys, later we're taking uh, smaller school guys who have projectable metrics. Some interesting picks here, one of the, uh, you know, Josh White from Cal, uh, pitcher in the fifth round, electric arm, I mean, fastball touches 97, he's got two plus breaking pitches, but Controls a bit inconsistent. I trust Miami to go in there and and develop him into a more well-rounded pitcher and to kind of help him harness that control to be an effective piece. And it, you know, with those three, I'll say two plus pitches and an above-average fastball. Uh, if they can get if, if they can get the fastball a little better, uh, combine those breakers. You have a guy that could be, I mean, a number number three, number four for you, depending on how those pitches work out. So. Thought that was a great pick by the Marlins in the fifth. Late round pick, 16th round, Brett Roberts, the infielder out of Florida State. Um, played well at the Cape last year. One of those guys where, obviously, the Cape's got a higher level competition. They go to wood bats. Played well at the Cape. At Florida State, the book on him has, you know, he, he was at Tennessee Tech, then he transferred in. But it's something where contact hitter, doesn't swing and miss a ton, but doesn't always have the best swing decision. So he'll make contact, but it's like a, yeah, it's probably a ball. You probably should have let that go. Needs to be more disciplined in the zone. Um, does really well against fastballs, struggles against velocity, and then the arms only average. He played, uh, he played third. There's some thought he could work out in the outfield. I see him as probably a second baseman, but again, you could try him out in left field as well. Um, kind you know. Only had five home runs, slugging a 461. So I don't quite think he fits that left field profile. So I think they're going to start him off at second. But either way, uh, good pick like Brett Roberts out of uh, Florida State in the 16th round there for the Marlins. The Mets. Mets had a really good draft. Got Kevin Parada uh, early. Went really with premium talent here. Kevin Parada. They got shortstop Jet Williams at 14 out of uh, high school in Texas. Pitcher Blade Tidwell out of Tennessee in the second round, a guy that had uh, been injured to start the year and so didn't have a full year, probably fell a little bit because of that. And really here, the big takeaway is they went with premium talent, but they kind of balanced it between prep and college and between 
um, pitching and position players. A little better of a mix between pitchers and position players. Some of the notables here that I liked. 10th round, all-name team selection. Uh, right-hand pitcher out of Arkansas, Zebulon Vermillion. Zebulon Vermillion. Big guy, 6'5", 240. Fastball slider guy with size. And I think they need to work on some of the other secondaries for him. Uh, as well as just a little bit more consistency. But the fastball slider combo will play now. And then the size definitely helps. Gives you some a little better angle when you're coming to the plate. Things like that. Like that choice. 18th round. Really interesting guy. Chris Santiago from St. Mary's College. He's listed as a pitcher. He was a two-way guy. So he played third base, batted 287 with 10 home runs, but then also was reliever. So he'd come in, he'd come in late, close out a game, 25, like just under 25% strikeout rate. So I'm not quite sure if he's going to do both uh, for the Mets. I think this is something where he will be a pitcher first, and then your fallback is you can have him um you can have him play a position if if pitching doesn't work out. But I like the pick. I think there's potential there. I like the flexibility of knowing that he can be a position player as well. We see a lot of them. They don't always get announced as two ways. Uh, But I I think that's good. Braves. I was initially iffy on the Braves. And a couple people, I I think I mentioned this on on, uh, Tuesday's show. Uh, Joe Doyle of Prospects Live really kind of um, helped explain some of what they did. Because the word on the Braves was... um, they need restock position players in the system. They've got starting pitching talent. So what do they do? They go very pitcher heavy in the draft, especially preps early. Um, and so I was a little confused, but I mean, they're leaning into their strength. Their strength is developing pitching, uh, you know, right-handed pitching, especially prep pitching. Their first three picks are all prep righties. They followed that up with, uh, with uh, Auburn's closer, right-hand pitcher Blake Burkhalter. They want to try him at starting, they said. They see him as a guy, he's a fastball cutter guy, got a big recommendation from Tim Hudson, who is the pitching coach at Auburn, obviously former Braves legend. And so, like I said, they want to take him and make him into a starter. And the mold here is very much Spencer Strider. You've got an electric fastball and a secondary, and those are your two carrying pitches. Let's take you, let's let you work on starting a bit and just let you eat and see what you can do. The Spencer Strider model. Everybody said Strider needs a third pitch. He's just he looks like a reliever with these two pitches that he has. Well, they've put him in the in the rotation, and it's worked out so far for the most part. So uh, that's what they're going to try to do with Blake Burkhalter. I think it's really interesting. And then a late round pick here that I like, uh, Justin Janus, the first baseman out of Illinois in the twelfth round, prolific hitter, doesn't have a ton of power, kind of unusual in that first base role. Not a huge like big power guy. But very good hitter at first base. Uh, something where if you're getting a lot of power out of some, un- some positions that normally aren't powerful f- positions, you can put a pure hitter out there uh, in Justin Janus. So curious to see what he does there. Last team in the division, the Phillies only had one pick early. Uh, they took Justin Crawford. Loud tools, really projectionable, uh, really projectable. Obviously, tons of questions about what he's going to be able to do uh, and exactly what's going to happen there. Um, some of the mid-round picks that I like. Orion Kirkering out of USF, fifth-round pick. And he's a guy, fastball slider guy, who I'm worried that they're going to have him try to start 
I don't think having him start is the best decision. I think what you need to do, he gets tons of strikeouts on the slider, right? Uh, doesn't necessarily have a great third pitch. I think you take Ryan Kirkering and, and you just be like, listen, just throw as many sliders as you can. Slider, you get like 40% Ks on this slider. So, you know, fast, uh, stick with the fastball slider, throw the fastball enough to keep them honest. Let's make sure they tunnel well and disguise well off each other, but just hammer the slider until folks, until folks prove that they can actually catch up to it. I think it'll take longer than you expect. And then 18th round, Braylon Wimmer out of South Carolina. I'm going to call him a utility guy now. Uh, he's got some swing and miss in his game. And when you look at him, he's listed as a second baseman. He's played all over the diamond. He's got the versatility to play a bunch of places. Uh, you know, has I believe he has the range, but not the arm. So it's something where he's not going to be your everyday guy at third or at short, but second base, good there. He's got um, he's got probably 15 home run power. Has some swing and miss in the game. Obviously, that's why he's there in the 18th round. Interesting pick. I think a guy that could work out and can contribute. Just a minute. I want to get to the National League Central. Some interesting stuff in this round. Um, I'm sorry. Interesting stuff in this division, including what the Pirates did. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sports Card Investor. Whether you're a casual card collector or you're looking for an exciting alternative investment opportunity, the free Sports Card Investor app has something for you. So you can go, uh, you go in here, you pull up cards. You pull up trading cards about um, di for four different players. You can go and check out like breakout stars or prospects that are debuting and find the value of, of their cards and find some great deals. So if there's somebody that you like, a Jeremy Pena, for instance, you can go and get that. If there's somebody that you're high on that's risen through the system quickly, a Steri Ruiz, for instance. You can go out there, find his cards, go get their card. And it's a great way to, if you've identified a guy as being really good before the market has, get the card at a pretty good deal. Um, if you're just kind of feeling nostalgic, you can go back and check old players and old cards or go check your, your old cards from when you were a kid and see how much they're worth today. And then if you just want to get into sports cards, you can take this to look up some of the top players, look up um, some of the interesting, most, you know, the most valuable cards and why. Um, you can get the latest values and you can find great deals if you want to get into the hobby. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play or Apple App Stores. Or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. So looking at the National League Central, start off with the Pirates. Pirates, Tamar Johnson at four, best hitter in the draft. Thomas, and then after that, very heavy into pitching. Thomas Harrington from Campbell, Hunter Barco from Florida. I like that first round. Two really good pitchers. Yeah, that first day. Two really good pitchers after the best hitter in the draft. And they go, they really go pitcher heavy. A lot of pitchers in here. Uh, sixth round, Derek Diamond from Ole Miss. Kind of curious what he's going to end up being. Had a really good 2021. Didn't have a great 2022. Ended up moving to the bullpen. Uh, warmed up in Omaha and never actually got into a game in Omaha. And I think the big question is, what's the slider going to do? Is it the 2021 slider? Is it the 2022 slider? I think they're confident they can uncover the 2021 form that he had, where he was one of the better pitchers, and, and really get a deal here um, in the sixth round. Uh, not incredibly late, but a later round pick I like. The 10th round, Tanner Treadway out of Oklahoma. 
um, just has produced ever since he got on campus. Gap-to-gap power. Uh, he can steal bases. He's got some speed to him and then plays pretty decent defense. He's one of those high floor guys where um, he's going to give you a reliable option in the outfield. Probably going to be your third of three outfielders, maybe a fourth outfielder if something doesn't quite click, but just a high floor for you that can really help out at the major league level. The Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers had an interesting pl- plan here where they just went for contact and discipline. So uh, Eric Brown, Robert Moore out of Arkansas. Moore's another guy, had a better 21 than 22. We'll see what happens, but the tools are there. And then some of the mid-round guys. Uh, Ben Metzinger out of Louisville, third baseman in the seventh round. Interesting prospect. Used to be a catcher, uh, you know, converted to to a position player, played third. He's got good athleticism. Finally unlocked some power. I think he had five home runs in his first couple years, had 19 in 2022. So. Took a flyer on him, uh, can move around a little bit, can steal a couple bases. Like I said, converted catcher. He's more athletic, and they moved him off the position. Um, we've seen teams do this before. Uh, Taylor Ward for the Angels. Before that, Bryce Harper was a converted catcher, so there you go. 18th round, my favorite uh, late-round prospect in the entire draft, pitcher Gerangelo Sintagi, uh, I think is how you say it, Sintagi. Switch pick, pitcher, ambidextrous pitcher, better as a righty than a lefty. Later than we expected, I think he'll still make it onto campus at Mississippi State, but super excited to see what he can do as a switch pitcher. Naturally left-handed, taught himself to throw right-handed because his dad was a right-handed pitcher and is now better as a righty than a lefty. Super interesting prospect. Really excited to see what he does. The Cardinals. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals had a very Cardinals draft. We're going for pitchability. We opened it up with a bunch of lefties. Cooper Herpy, uh, Bryce Mounts from San Diego was the second guy. So very, very Cardinals style, um, style draft. Sixth round, mid-round guy here, Max Radic out of UCLA. Uh, has, an, has an okay fastball, throws a bunch of secondaries, uh, lives with, uh, you know, with, with breaking stuff and off speed. Kind of just feels like, like a team that, like one of the spiritual successors to Adam Wainwright. Just kind of feels like that's what they were going for and that's kind of their thing and I like it. Twelfth round. Um, Michael Curali, shortstop from UCLA. Interesting guy. Um, defensive versatility. Can play just about anywhere in the uh, Can play anywhere in the infield. Can probably play plenty of places in the outfield, except for maybe center. I'm not sure. Uh, issue is, he has swing and miss, and then power's kind of low. Career 455 slugging. So something where I like him as a prospect. I'm just curious about whether or not he can hit for enough power to actually be uh, an, an everyday regular, or if he's going to be a kind of a defensive utility guy, replace you know defense replacement kind of player. But interesting pick. Uh, the the Reds, holy cow! The Reds handled the corners in this draft. So Cam Collier, they float him down to eighteen. We were talking about him as a possible number one overall pick. Sal Stewart out of high school at third base with their thirty with the thirty second pick. He's going to end up probably moving to first. You've handled the corners. You're done. Logan Tanner, the Mississippi State catcher, great defensive catcher. You've handled, you've handled pitching. Three legitimate guys. And then a bunch of guys in there that I liked. Bryce Hubbard from Florida State winning the third. The mid-round guy I want to point out, though, uh, Trey Faltine of Texas. So no doubt shortstop. Uh, no doubt defensive guy can stick there. Started every single game at shortstop, I believe, the entire time he was at Texas. 
Uh, he's got some swing and miss in his game, strikes out 35% of the time. Uh, the big issue he has is off-speed away. So something the Reds will have to fix. Like we've talked about before, I trust them to develop hitters. So Cam Collier, Sal Stewart, and then Trey Faltine want to see what they're going to do. But I trust, I, I, I trust them to develop these guys. Late round guy that I think is interesting. 19th round, Tyler Chadwick out of Juco. Uh, right-hand pitcher. I think he's going to be a really good fastball slider reliever. Um, I see a lot of tools there, kind of impressed with what he's done, and I think that's a good late-round flyer for them to take. He may go back to school. I don't know, but I think he'll probably get dragged. I, I think he'll probably stick and sign. The Cubs, very loud stuff, took on a lot of risk early. Cade Horton from Oklahoma at number seven overall, super fast riser. We didn't have him on draft boards in March. March you know, in March, and now he's in top 10. Jackson Ferris, the prep pitcher out of IMG Academy in the second. And then they took two more prep players, two shortstops with the third and fourth pick. So loud tools, tons of risk. Pick I do like in here. Uh, ninth round right-hand pitcher Connor Noland out of Arkansas. Just good pitchability guy. Little bit of, of security there. I think he's got an, an average slider, an above-average curveball. Needs to improve the fastball. Sits 90-91. As a righty, that's not necessarily going to be good enough. But I, I think that he's got a sense and a feel for pitching. And if they can improve some of the actual uh, talent there as far as what the fastball does, the metrics and everything on it, I think it's, he's, going to be, he's going to work out pretty well. Just a minute, I want to get to um, the National League West. Some of my favorite drafts were in here. But first, today's episode is brought, um, brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You've probably tried the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but now they have a Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. It's the same Coconut Brownie Chunk flavor you love in a delicious chewy marshmallow that is covered in 1% real chocolate. Uh, It's high protein, low in calories, low in carbs, low in sugar. It is good for you. It's only here for a limited time. This is one of those things where they come and they go. Uh, It's seasonal or just limited time. This is a limited time thing. They just sent me a couple. They showed up yesterday, very excited to try this. I think it's going to be very good. Um, obviously, uh, they're, they're amazing. You can enjoy them guilt-free because they're good for you. So go to Built.com, sign up for the mailing list so that you know when they drop these limited-time things. But while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Okay, National League West. My favorite day one, I think, was the Arizona Diamondbacks. You get Drew Jones, arguably the best player in the draft. You get Landon Sims, the right-hand pitcher from Mississippi State, who was injured, but was considered to be, uh, before, you know, before he got injured, probably one of the best pitchers in the draft. And then you got Ivan Melendez, the first baseman from Texas, who was statistically the best college performer this year. Led, led um all of the all at NCAA in home runs broke Chris Bryant's single season home run record. Fantastic first day. I'm gonna hop on sometime soon with Miller Thomas of uh, Locked On Diamondbacks, and we're gonna talk about what this outfield might look like in the future and some of the talent that they have here. Absolutely, just killed day one. Fantastic day one. Um, some of the dra- picks that I like partway through. Andrew Pintar in the fifth round, shortstop out of BYU. So. Above average raw power, uh, plus runner as well, but um, has some bad stats, had a shoulder injury, 
And so this is something where uh, the question is defensively, what are you going to do? He had below average arm strength before the shoulder injury. Wasn't having a great 2022, got hurt. So a couple questions here about his fit. May have to slide over to second or something like that. But again, above average raw power and a plus runner. So if he ends up being at second base, I think it's still going to be a good pick for you. Late round guy that I thought was really interesting. 14th rounder, Kevin Graham, the outfielder out of, um, out of Old Miss. Just a reliable hitter. I mean, just a veteran that, that is going to be one of those, going to raise your floor. We talked about these guys having their three, um, the three big outfielders. And again, we'll get more into that when we talk to Millard on the show. But I very much think that Kevin Graham is going to be one of those. If everything works out for everybody, he's going to be a fourth outfielder. He'll play left field for you. He can fill in at first base for you. He'll be a good clubhouse guy, be very versatile for you. Uh, it's a really good pick uh, you know, as far as where you are and what you necessarily need in the system. I think it works out well. San Diego Padres we just put a premium on pitching, but they picked up some risk. So Dylan Lesko. At 15, he was in contention before he had to have TJ as a high school senior. He was in contention to be a 1-1. Best prep pitcher in the draft was kind of what he was considered to be. Uh, Robbie Snelling, prep lefty uh, in the supplemental first round. And then Adam Mazur out of Iowa in the second. So took on, uh, went out for some premium pitching, but guys with risk and injury concerns. Um, Eighth round pick. First baseman Griffin Dorshin out of Oklahoma State. Our last-minute draft preview. This is one of the guys Jeff talked about. Tons of power. 6'4", 250. Massive power. Doesn't give you a lot defensively other than first base or DH. But in pure power threat, doesn't swing and miss too much. I think the reason he fell to 8 is because he's so defensively limited. He's on that second tier of first base power hitters behind Ivan Melendez and Sonny DeShera. So, uh... But yeah, massive power, going to help you out there. And then in the 12th round, interesting guy to me, left-hand pitcher Austin Krob, K-R-O-B, Krob, yeah, out of TCU. Fastball slider change guy. I like his arsenal. He got hurt during the season, and when he came back, he went to the bullpen. I don't, I'm assuming it was something where it would have been quicker for him to come back as a reliever than to build back up to a starter's workload to come back late in the season. So a little bit of question there about, is he going to be a starter or a reliever? I think that's why he ended up um, at, you know, in the 12th round versus going probably the, you know, the, between the 7th or 8th. But good talent. Like to see what the Padres are going to do there. Giants. High risk, high reward early. So they took a two-way player, left-hand pitcher Reggie Crawford out of, out of um, UConn. Did not pitch this year because of injury. They then took left-hand pitcher Carson Wisenhunt out of East Carolina. Also did not pitch this year due to suspension. Uh, He he was popped on a drug test. I think think they said it was anabolic steroids. So two guys that didn't pitch, drastically different reasons. So high, high risk here, but high reward. These guys could both be very good pitchers if they work out. Uh, And then after that, just really focused on college pitching. Took a lot of college pitchers in day two. Uh, one of the few position, excuse me, the only position player in day two, outfielder Wade Meckler in the eighth round. I like this pick. Great contact and on-base guy. Issue you have here, doesn't have great power, doesn't have a great arm. So doesn't necessarily fit into left. 
because you know because of the profile or right. But I don't know if he has the speed and defensive ability to play center. So a useful guy for you may end up only being a fourth outfielder um, unless you can unlock some more power. But a gamer, a good player, and somebody who will raise the floor of the system a bit. And then fifth, 15th round. Stop me if you've heard this before. Tanner Otremba, outfielder from Arizona, um, has poor defense and a poor arm. Broke out power-wise in 2022. So... Flash some power, which is something that Wade Meckler didn't have, but doesn't have great defense, doesn't have a great arm. You're looking at a, probably a left fielder in the best case scenario. So I think that's why Meckler's higher and Trimba's lower, Otrimba's lower, because Otrimba doesn't have the, the defense either, whereas Meckler has the defense but doesn't have the arm. So defensively, Meckler can hold his own. Offensively, uh, oh. Oh, Trimba has some power and can do some stuff there. Rockies. I love the Rockies draft. I actually went on uh, just recently and talked uh, with, with Paul Holden of, of Locked on Rockies, and I'll play that for you guys sometime soon once we get done with, with these recaps. Love what they did. Every single pitcher they went out to get is a guy that profiles where their stuff should work um, at Coors Field. Um, right-hand pitcher Gabriel Hughes at 10. His big out pitch is a power slider. Being that it's a power slider, it's going to hold up better in the high altitude because you know breaking pitches don't do as much. Um, some of the position players they got were guys that they went out to, uh, you know, they look for specific traits. But just so many of the pitchers are like, this is a guy that will play well in Coors Field. They were very deliberate and every single guy fits the model. Carson Palmquist in the fourth. Um, one of, you know, Connor Stain in the fifth. Uh, some of the picks that I liked here, outfielder Brad Cumbest in the ninth out of Mississippi State, plus, plus raw power, plus speed as well. He's a big guy, played wide receiver and tight end for Mississippi State. Really raw because he didn't focus on just baseball until the 2022 season, but great combination of power, speed, and I think somebody will take a little bit longer in the minors to develop, but is going to be a very good option for you in the outfield. It would play well in Colorado. And then one of my favorite late round, like day three picks of the entire draft, Carson Skipper, the lefty pitcher at a, um, in the 11th round out of Auburn. So um, senior, I think, he had a, I think he had a COVID year left, but um, went to take it, has a big curveball, big bodied curveball that's still going to work in cores as well as a, um, as well as a fastball. Just a guy that like very competitive will take the ball, will empty the tank for you every single time. Auburn had him as uh, the key setup man to, you know, I think second team SEC closer, Blake Burkhalter, and then right, and then come playoffs, they said, hey, can you go throw game one of the SEC tournament for us on a Tuesday? And he's like, yeah. And he went out there and he just, Killed it. So, really flexible guy. One of those guys that'll do anything that you need. Eleventh um, round because you've got questions about the you know, uh, about how high in the stuff can get, but just really good pitchability and a guy who's going to be useful for them. Final team here to cover, and I it's I feel like we don't talk about this team nearly enough for having a really good farm system and things like that. But only first round pick they had uh, uh, that the Dodgers had was Dalton Rushing, the catcher out of Louisville. They just went back to the well. They got Will Smith. It worked out there, so they went back to the well. Dalton Rushing out of Louisville. That now gives them two stop, top catchers in this system because um, I think Rushing's going to end up in that top 10 probably right away. 
Uh, and then they just they picked up quite a few of the like those prep lottery tickets in the back half. I think they had four four prep players on day three, as well as a JUCO guy as well. So a uh, lot of lottery tickets. I like their eighth round pick, Louisiana Tech second baseman Taylor Young. He's old for minor league ball. He's 24, but has always been a 300 hitter uh, every single year he was in college. Has plus range, plus speed. I think his arm's going to limit him to being, uh, to being at second base versus short. He's been a shortstop his whole career. I think the arm's going to make him move, but really interesting guy. Um, lots of stuff to like except for the age. Like That's pretty much the age, the arm strength. Those are your two knocks. So I think it was a good get for them to get, them, get him uh, where they did in the eighth. And then pitcher Jared Karos. Out of UCLA in the 16th, obviously Eric Karos' kid. It's a legacy there for the Dodgers. Really tall pitcher, 6'7", but he's got room to fill out. He's less than 200 pounds, um, so I think some physical development is going to be good for him. He was injured in 2022. I think it's why he fell to the 16th round, but a good pick and one that I absolutely do like for the Dodgers. We're going to do a lot more shows that are kind of not so rapid fire. Uh, breaking in on some of these guys and focusing in on some of these teams and some of these drafts. So stay tuned to that. We have a lot of crossovers coming up. We're talking to different teams, talking to the Rockies, talking to Diamondbacks, talking to the Rays. A lot of teams that had interesting drafts I want to kind of get into. Remember, if you have questions for the show, the mailbag is back on Monday. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. We do have a Farm Friday coming this week, so stay tuned for that. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospect. Uh-huh.